Welcome to the 3D Podcast. Uh, my name is Sean Coleman, and I'm joined by co-host Justin Lewis. How are you, Justin? I'm good. Um, not quite quarantined yet, uh, <laughs> but uh, glad to be here two weeks in a row with you. Um, it, it, this week has seemed like it's been a real-life Twitter where you just see several different words like quarantine, novel, um, mask, um, you know, whatever it may be, um, it just it, you've seen suspension. Uh, you've seen several words that you never want to see trending. They're all trending right now. Um, and of course, we're talking about, you know, the uh, the just amazing turn of events that has happened over the past week uh, due to the coronavirus. We'll get into that in just a second. But as I stated, Sean Coleman, Justin Lewis here with you again. Um, we're reaching out to you. Uh, with the 3ND Podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at StatsSAC. You can follow Justin at J underscore Timberfake underscore. Uh, but you can follow the podcast at 3ND Pod. Um, now, obviously, before we get started, um, just you know, going to hit on things. Um, we are in an unprecedented time uh, in, in terms of in terms of our lifetime, maybe in the lifetime of anybody that that's currently alive i'm sure that there are some people who have experienced it but the thing about this time is that you know it's just it's crazy it feels like a a movie plot you know just a a surreal bizarre unprecedented time in which you know everything just seems to be different a new normal has settled in but of course in terms of the content of this podcast and the reason why we talk you know the sports world you know has just stopped it ceases to exist um, Justin, your thoughts on the developments and, you know, without getting too political, you know, just to you know, spend a short time telling us what your thoughts are about how things have, have uh, unfolded this week. Yeah, it's been um, unexpected and shocking to see just the precautions that are being taken, canceling um, events with 50 or more people all across the country. Now we're learning tonight that states, entire states are closing restaurants and bars and down here in Florida, uh, Miami and Fort Lauderdale are closing their beaches um, and just, you know, haven't seen anything like it. Like we've, we've seen the H1N1 virus, the, the swine flu, the bird flu, all those things come through and, and we didn't get to this point. Um, and we, you know, we could be heading into another, you know, depression with the way that the money's going to work with all these things shutting down. So it's, um, it's a very uneasy time, um, you know, outside of even sports. Like, obviously, you know, no live sports for like two months is, you know, the joke is that uh, husbands are going to have to really get to know their wives um, these, these next, you know, eight weeks or so. Um, but it is going to be interesting for those that are passionate about it, and this is what we do um, to, to kind of see where we go next. One of the better jokes that I've seen um was from I also write for a uh, um, talking uh, chop, which is the Atlanta Braves SB Nation um, uh, blog, and a uh, fellow contributor there by the name of Doc Herbert, uh, real name's Adam Herbert. He made the joke, which I've seen a few other people make. You know, the one cool thing that will come out of all of this is that, you know, 13 or 13, 14 years from now, you know, once we see a baby boom occur at the beginning of next year um, due to the quarantine's going on um 14 years from now we'll refer to them as the next generation the generation of quarantines <laughs> folks i'm not starting yeah. a comic podcast anytime soon 
<laughs> Justin, I, I, I feel that you're hiding your laughter. You're holding it within? Trying to. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. I can, I can hear you struggling on the other end. But all joking aside, <laughs> um, it, it, yes. Um, you, you mentioned that, you know, the reaction to this and the, uh, the, 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 um, just the overall response to this is completely different. You know, we have it, we did not respond in this manner to diseases that obviously, are likely going are likely to have been much more severe than this will be. But the thing about it is this is that part of the reason why that is is not just the disease itself, but of course the um era of social media that we're in. Information travels so much faster. The reactions are immediate. Um, you know, just everything happens so much faster than it did even 10 years ago. And that's both good and bad. Bad because, you know, yeah, it could lead to mass hysteria, negative opinions, you know, just, you know, in general misinformation. There's a lot of negatives that can come from it. But the positive is, is that you can implement strategies. You can implement, um, you know, preparedness faster than you have ever before. And that's what, you know, that's what the U.S. is doing, and and you know, just to put it in as simple terms as possible, we're in, we we probably are going to an extreme. We're exaggerating, you know, our preparedness. We're 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 going all in on nipping this thing in the bud now. But two things: number one, we're doing a strategy that we have seen work in in China, and you know, there's been news clips of how China and South Korea ha- have done really well at, at limiting you know the spread of this virus. And the other thing is, is that, you know, the the hope, the absolute hope from all of this is that six months from now, we'll be able to look back. And, and if we're insulting how, you know, panicked we were or overprepared we were or things like that, that means this strategy is working. So while it's going to be inconvenient, it's not going to be fun, you know, there's, there, there is a lot of negative that comes from it. Overall, it could be a huge positive in making and minimizing the in, overall impact that this outbreak has on the present and future. I don't mean to sound dramatic, but that's just my thoughts. Justin, do you have any projects or any plans that you're going to fill your time with since sports are not going to be on the horizon? I have not thought that far. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe try to come up with some feature ideas. Um, you know, I just thought about this, Sean. We may be robbed of the Marcus Hall Welcome Home to Memphis this season. Uh, that's that's a very good point. I had not thought about that. As a matter of fact, it was supposed to happen, um, I believe, a week from t- tonight. Um, but you know, hey, think about it is you know at least at least we have the clip of him and Connolly getting together, and you know it's just it's like I say, right now is a time the past is going to be the present's best friend, <laughs> and because that that is that at the very least is something that we can you know go back and reflect on. Um, and, and enjoy. Before we get into that, though, you know, the other thing is, is that, you know, the NBA in general, um, I, I really will say that I appreciate the response that the NBA has given. It was quick. It was swift. Yes, Rudy Gobert, the Rudy Gobert situation is unfortunate. It certainly is not ideal. You know, his his actions, um, uh, there's no excuse for him. 
The response from the players to supporting the staff of the teams and things like that has been a big development and it's been a wonderful sight to see. Um, so just overall, in general, the, the, the NBA's response to things and how they just got it all together quickly and thoroughly um, set a good precedent for the rest of the sports world. And I think they followed suit. Um, you know, Justin, has anything uh, stood out to you about how the NBA, the Grizzlies in general, how, how they've uh, handled uh, all of this? I just think the NBA is always, um, when it comes to the major sports in America, they're the, the forerunners um, and tend to set the example for how things need to be handled. And I think they did an excellent job with this as well. And you know, with the you know, twenty twenty itself has been just an absolute nightmare um, for for the NBA. You know, as a league, um, you know, I can't, I can't remember. I think. I don't know if David Stern, he may have passed away in 2019, but anywho, the, the, the aftermath of his passing, obviously, you know, Kobe's passing. And then now this, um, you know, Adam, you know, Adam Silver, you know, much has been made about how David Stern was one of the best commissioners in American sports history. Adam Silver is having himself a very good start to his campaign. And he comes through as a, you know, as a great, um, figure, you know, especially compared to his peers and Roger Goodell, Rob Manfred, you know, those guys and how they've kind of mishandled things. So Adam Silver, you know, through through the deaths of Kobe and David Stern, the Chinese uh, uh, controversy, all that different stuff that's really happened over the past year. He's done a great job in leading the league through it and being thorough and precise and making sure that nothing has spiraled um, out of control. And hopefully um, he they know this will be the right situation. But, you know, Regardless, there we know what's happening. We, there's not much more to talk about just because there's not much going on right now. So let's have some fun. And that's where Justin had an idea that he pitched to me. And like I stated, um, in the situation where the past is going to be the present's best friend when it comes to sports fan, we wanted to create some fun. And so Justin... Take some time and, and introduce a concept that we're about to roll out uh, for, for our listeners and, and just the Grizzlies fans and Grizzly Bear Blues followers. Well, uh, one of the more exciting times in sports is the month of March and, the, and March Madness of the NCAA. And, you know, everybody loves filling out their brackets and, and being in groups and, and doing all that. Um, and sadly, um, this this uh, pandemic has kind of robbed us of that opportunity. So, um, you know, thought about the idea of a 32-player bracket of the um, greatest Grizzlies of all time, and I'll let you go over the criteria. Um, but, you know, originally it was going to be just you and I kind of talking through it and, and having fun with it, but then with this going on and, and uh, games going away, uh, we want you guys, um, to help us get through this bracket and get us a champion. So if you want to go over the criteria, um, then we can get rolling on unveiling the bracket. Yep, and that's what we've done. You know, nothing it, – it, we're, we're talking to you tonight on the eve of what usually is Selection Sunday. You know, one of the one of the sporting events that, you know, commences the extravaganza that is March Madness. There's a lot of debates, graphics, discussions, all this different stuff about who gets in, who gets out. You know, it's one of the, you know, more fun days to see unfold each year. And it was just surreal that it wasn't today. So we're going to do our own version of it. It's not going to replace the real thing. But, hey, the whole purpose is to have fun, you know, in a time where, you know, it Maybe hard for some folks to to have fun, but yeah, we've created a thirty two 
player bracket, the greatest Grizzly tournament is what we're going to call it. It's a uh, three three and D. Yeah, we're going to do it uh, through Grizzly Bear Blues. You've got you'll have this podcast to kind of go over and enjoy as far as breaking down what 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 all is involved. I'm going to have a piece up with Grizzly Bear Blues um, on the Grizzly Bear Blues website tomorrow, uh, kind of you know acting as uh, you know the instruction manual for how the uh, the the whole thing will um, unfold. And then obviously via Twitter, uh, the whole goal is going to be to vote um, on individual player matchups via Twitter. So just a lot of fun over the next few weeks um, in, in determining the greatest Grizzly of all time. Um, the criteria wasn't very um, specific when it came to um, choosing the 32 players. And, you know, both the field itself and their seating can be easily debated. There's no doubt about that. Um, it, it, it's not an exact science. There's no one perfect way to do it. Uh, but the whole idea was just to come up with the best way possible um, for a field and for a seating setup uh, that would create debate, that would be fun to vote on, and things such as that. So in, in determining the 32 players and, and how they were seated, um, I, I kind of had a list of criteria um, that, you know, was general. Um, you know, I was thinking individual production, longevity of playing for the Grizzlies, team success um, during the players' time of the franchise, relevance to fans, how, how, how the fans thought about them, and, you know, involvement in most memorable moments. I, I feel like that's an all-encompassing way of being able to, you know, rank these players, you know, initially and, you know, create the matchups. And when we saw the field unfold, it, it really led to some interesting matchups. And I think that in general, each of these players are, are, are near the spot that, that most would put them. I guarantee that some people are going to think one player's too high, one player's too low, and that's fine. But, uh, you know, in talking about and in, in showing Justin the bracket and things like that. I think his first response was, well, you don't see any first round uh, potential upsets that stand out. And I think that's, that, that's the goal. If you're wanting to truly determine the greatest Grizzly of all time, you want the best to face the best. And I think that, you know, the way that the seeding is, it'll allow for that to happen. Um, Justin, before I continue, what are your thoughts on the format? Anything you might want to add? Um, I, I nothing I want to add. Uh, I'm excited about, um, the way we're going to roll this out and uh, the work that you put in on, on seeding these guys. I know it wasn't easy. And, um, it's, it's going to be uh, very fun. And once we get past the first round, it's going to be very, very fun to see how, how Twitter and everybody sees um, the greatest Grizzlies of all time. So this podcast will be going on. It'll be happening. You'll be listening to it live on Monday, and that's when the voting will start. And the way that it'll go for this week is on. Uh, we'll, we'll have four different regions. Uh, the regions are are named after the after a nickname of the top four seeds of the top four number one seeds, the number one seed in each region, which we'll get to here in just a second. But the voting will start, and obviously in the thirty-two man group, each region with there being four regions, the seeds are one through eight, and there will be four matchups that will be voted on each day. Um, you know, obviously tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. More than likely, what we'll do is is that we'll wait till the next Monday to unveil the second round. Uh, but just in general, getting through the first round and, and seeing if there are any potential first round upsets uh, will be fun to watch. But let's let's get right into it, and you know the first. 
region is named the Zebo region, just like you see in March Madness and the setup of college football's tournament. Um, I, I named the first region and the after the number one seed in that region, Zach Randolph. Zach is the top overall seed in this for obvious reason reasons. Whether it was his individual production and his, his being beloved off the court, there's not a player who can actually be in the discussion of most beloved Grizzly and best overall Grizzly in terms of production. That's Zach. He easily could be both. So he's the number one seed in this region. Um, the second seed is uh, a player who uh, many may know, um, but uh, you know I, I don't think gets enough appreciation for just how good he was in the early days of this franchise, Sharif Abdul-Rahim. The third um, seed in this region is one of the more polarizing, but you know perhaps you know one of the uh, uh, most noted Grizzlies, Rudy Gay. The fourth is a, a guy who's just starting his career. He's involved in this due to the natural talent that he has, the potential that he has, and you know the fact that he has a skill set that's been hard to identify from any other Grizzlies player, you know, arguably in franchise history. That's Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, the fifth guy is uh, one that you know was around uh, for quite a while, and he, we saw him develop into a, a legitimate NBA player in Jermichael Green. Obviously, this the sixth seed in this region, someone that went on to have a very stellar, perhaps Hall of Fame career with the Toronto Raptors, just won the the title with them. Not talking about Marcus All, but the sixth seed is Kyle Lowry. The seventh is perhaps the most celebrated. Backup Grizzlies point guard in, in franchise history, um, Bino Udra. And the eighth is the one guy who I included on this list, not because of his production on the court, but just because he's memorable to a lot of fans, and his name is Ham Hamad Hadadi. So again, the one through eight in the Zebo region is Zach Randolph, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Rudy Gay, Jaron Jackson Jr., Jamichael Green, Kyle Lowry, Bino Udra, and Hamad Hadadi. Justin, your thoughts on that group? Um, I think Haddadi's a fun one. Um, definitely for sure to put in there. Um, I, I do believe that um, because a lot of the Twitter crowd may not know who uh, Raheem is, there could be a, a, a Benno um, upset that takes place. So people that go look at stats um, should be able to see. Um, that Raheem had a, a much bigger impact. And then it's a Toronto Raptor kind of matchup and, and Rudy Gay versus Kyle Lowry. And people need to keep in mind that this is the Grizzly tenure. So Kyle Lowry was not like a super-duper Grizzly, mainly because Lionel Holland wouldn't play him. Um, but um, overall, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty good region. And that's the whole thing to remember about this is that there are going to be names on this list there are names who who had who had Hall of Fame careers, um, who have had potential Hall of Fame careers after their time with the Grizzlies. There are names who have had it before. Um, but the whole thing, you know, in regards to Kyle Lowry versus Rudy Gay, we're talking about their time with the Grizzlies. We're talking about the impact that they made when they were on the Grizzlies, and and that's why you know it should be fun to to, to watch unfold. I think that there are some potential upsets. Um, in this region, um, you know, obviously the Zach Randolph Jr. Jackson Jr. second round matchup uh, potentially will be fun. Um, you know, Rudy Gay, um, you know, going to go going up against Sharif Abdul Rahim. You know, I think that Bino, you picked him well. I think Bino, just in terms of being you know relevant in the present, 
he may have a chance to sit there and get two upsets. Um, you know, depending on how people feel or how uh, much resentment is there towards Rudy Gay. So it, it'll be a fun region. And then that's the whole goal here. You know, we want to, you know, do this to, you know, it depends just on how you vote. And, and you know, somebody, there, there will be someone who will make a run just because fans love him versus, you know, a much more deserving um, and impactful player. So, so we'll see how it works out in the Zebo region. The second region, uh, to me, is is going to be the, the the most interesting to watch, and that because number one reason is the number one seed. It's the Big Spain region uh, with Mark Gasol at the top, and obviously, in my opinion, Mark Gasol is the best Grizzlies player in history, just because of his production on the court. Um, but he's polarizing. People have had for years. Just I don't think I'm not going to say hasn't been appreciated, but people have thought that Gasol would be more successful playing a style that, you know, they were more used to seeing than the style that he played. But it should definitely be fun to see, and you're about to find out why. The top seed in this region is Mark Gasol. Second seed is Mike Miller. Third seed, Jason Williams. The fourth seed, Ja Morant. Fifth seed will be James Posey. The sixth seed is is meant to be there. The guy that um, Marcus that was that um, the Grizzlies traded for when they traded him, Jonas Valanciunas, Darrell Arthur will be the seventh seed, and Dylan Brooks will be the eighth seed. So a lot of present names in this region um, with with several very interesting matchups, and you know some really really revealing matchups. We'll really get to see. I feel what people think of Gasol uh, through this voting. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on the setup for this? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Gasol's, um, people kind of soured on him at times. Um, and and I, I don't think he gets upset by Dylan Brooks because um, he has a very polarizing fan base too. You either, you either love him or you don't. Um, but it's Gasol will, you know, should blow Dylan Brooks away. But that second round matchup, we're John Morant to hold off James Posey because the the OG Grizzlies fans know that James Posey is like one of the original three and D type guys. Um, but Mar- the the relevancy of or the recency of um, John Morant is going to I think push him past that. So Morant Gasol second round is going to be very very interesting. Um, you can't expect Valanciunas to hold off Jay Will, Mike Miller versus Jay Will in the second round is going to be phenomenal. This one's going to be like you said, probably the most fun to watch. And yeah, I, I don't think that Dylan's going to sit there and pull the upsets. I, I think the one thing that I will say about this region is that I think that Gasol is obviously the most likely number one seed not to make it to the final four. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it works out. Several of the Grizzlies um, best guards in their history are in this one. And you are correct about James Posey. You know, the, the, the thing about Memphis is they do a very, they have a very good memory about when something starts in Memphis due to loving the fact that, you know, stuff that originates in Memphis is always going to have a following. And Posey was one of the first guys to really endured himself to the city here and was beloved, you know, for the two years that he was here. So I think that he's going to be more of a competition for Morant than people might think. But yeah, the big Spain region, I really do think um, will be the most interesting to see. The next region I've titled the conductor region. And for obvious reasons, uh, the third overall seed in this is Mike Conley. Now, I put Mike Conley after 
Mark Gasol due to the fact that I feel Gasol was the more impactful player during his time in Memphis. Again, these rankings are, are, are just mine. They're, you can debate them all you want to. We're not here to sit. We're not trying to cause any type of controversy. It's just how we feel reasonably these seeds go. So Mike Conley uh, will be the number one seed in the conductor region. Following him will be the number two seed, the Grizzlies' first pick once they came to Memphis, Shane Battier. The third one will be a fan favorite, an iconic fan favorite in terms of uh, Grizzlies fans here. One of the more entertaining and hyped up players in Grizzlies history, Stromile Swift. Fourth seed will be Mike Bibby, the, the, the point guard, the, the one player, probably the most notable player from the Grizzlies opening time in Vancouver. Um, the second one will be another player, the Grizzlies' first overall pick in franchise history, Brian Bryant Reeves in the fifth seed. The sixth seed will be Courtney Lee, who during his time here really grew as a fan favorite and was involved in several big moments. The seventh seed is Tayshawn Prince, a lot like Bino Udra, though he was here for a short time. Many memorable moments. His, Of course, obviously now his time at the Grizzlies front office, but his dunk in Game 5 against the Thunder was the um, pivotal or, or, or most memorable moment from the Grizzlies reaching a, a level that they had not previously done getting to the Western Conference Finals. And the eighth seed is Earl Watson, you know, someone that, you know, not a lot of people may remember, uh, but a guy who was decent in his time with the Grizzlies. He brings up the rear um, in this group as the eighth seed. But again, Mike Conley, Shane Battier, Stromile Swift, Mike Bibby, Bryant Reeves, Courtney Lee, Tayshawn Prince and Earl Watson. Justin, your thoughts on this region? Yeah, um, I, I think that Conley may possibly have the easiest road out because there's not a lot of recent players here. Um, and so Conley's the the last one of these guys to be a Grizz. Um, I think the Battier-Prince matchup is, is interesting because a lot of people may forget about Battier's early time and remember his uh, his second stint with the team and, and Tayshawn and him kind of had a similar role um, around that. Um, I think that Bryant Reed, man, he has a cult following. Um, he he may pull the upset over Bibby. Um, I don't know. This seems like an easy road for Conley to make it to the Final Four. It does, and I think that that's, you know, I, I I think that when we discussed the seeding, Justin, the whole goal was to try to avoid, oh, this matchup here, this matchup there. You, I, The whole goal was to stay pure to ranking the 32 Grizzlies based off that criteria and just letting things unfold as it may. And I agree with you. Um, it it kind of opens up a, a good road for Conley, but I do think uh, that there are, you know, some potential fun matchups. But also, when you look forward, the Final Four matchup, the potential for Conley to face Gasol or Conley to face John Morant, that potential is definitely there. Even if he winds up facing like a Jason Williams or a Mike Miller, there is it's still a very, very good setup in terms of a Final Four matchup there. So yeah, Conley, you could say Conley may have the note, besides Zebo, maybe the one um, uh, Grizzly who has the easiest road to the Final Four. And in the end, if it winds up being Conley versus Zebo, well, to be honest with you, that probably is the matchup that, you know, it comes down to most often in, you know, the discussion of the top two Grizzlies of all time. So 
this this probably will be the least exciting region, uh, but in the end, um, if Conley does emerge, it definitely will set up for some some really fun uh, debate and discussion. You know, as we move further in the voting, the final region is of course the Grindfather region um, with uh, Tony Allen um, being the number one seed. Now, obviously, um, Tony Allen, there is a debate as to whether you know, in terms of on the court production, you know, Tony Allen may not be in the top five. He's he, he's barely in the top 10 if you look at on-court production for the Grizzlies, but there's no more beloved player in the history of Memphis Grizzlies basketball, perhaps Zach Randolph, but in terms of, of creating the culture and endearing himself to the fans, no one compares to Tony Allen, and that's why he's the number one seed. However, um, he has um, some some potential uh, for some upsets in this region uh, with the others that are listed. Uh, Tony Allen's number one seed, Pal Gasol, a guy that I just like his brother. That's not appreciated enough. I feel by Grizzlies fans. I get why, uh, but just someone who I think you know. In all honesty, Pal Gasol is the greatest player in Grizzlies history. Or excuse me, he has the best case of any player who spent significant, a significant part of his career with the Grizzlies, who will potentially make the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, if he's the most likely person that will represent the Grizzlies you know, in the Basketball Hall of Fame one day. Not saying that you know it's going to happen, but I think that he has a better case than Zebo and, and his brother and all that. So Pau Gasol is the number two seed. Um, third seed um, is a beloved figure you know, who was taken from us far too soon in Grizzlies history. Of course, Lorenzen Wright. The fourth seed is O.J. Mayo. You know, <laughs> arguably, he was, when it came to draft night, he p- probably was the most exciting pick in Grizzlies history before Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Moran, and that's O.J. Mayo. The fifth pick is a guy who's kind of forgotten, but someone who played a good part of his career with the Grizzlies, he came work. The sixth is, you know, arguably um, the, the – the best all-time player to have played, you know, a, a season or more with the Grizzlies and Vince Carter. The seventh seed is someone that was forgotten, but someone who was very productive in his time here um, is, as a part of the Grizzlies backcourt in Vancouver in Greg Anthony. And the eighth seed is a guy who, in all, who from an advanced metric standpoint, from an efficiency standpoint, is arguably having the greatest season that a Gr- Grizzlies player has ever had, and that's Brandon Clark. I'm not saying he's having the best season ever by a Grizzlies rookie. He's not even having the best rookie season on his roster right now. But in terms of efficiency, he's right there and is having one of the more underrated seasons in Grizzlies history. Um, so uh, Brandon Clark comes in at the eighth seed. But uh, this group again, Tony Allen, Pal Gasol, Lorenzen Wright, O.J. Mayo, Hakeem Warwick, Vince Carter, Greg Anthony, and Brandon Clark. Justin, for the uh, Grindfather region, uh, your thoughts on on how this one could unfold? Yeah, um, we'll definitely see Brandon Clark shoot up in rankings and in, in, in the future for sure. Um, I think that again with with uh, Twitter and the generation that's on Twitter, the recency bias, um, Vince Carter could sneak by. Um, I think Pau Gasol and, and Tony Allen will probably end up meeting uh, in the final of this region uh, as the two, the top two seed. Um, I am and always was a big fan of Hakeem Wark. Um, he was kind of that stretch four before it was a thing, um, and I always felt like there was just more to his game than than he was showing, and the potential was was there for him. And I was never really a big OJ fan, so 
um, I would be I'm rooting for Hakeem Warwick upset in the first round. Yeah, Rudy Gay and OJ Mayo were were definitely um, you know, in terms of the core four, if they could have ever developed into the true supporting members that the that folks hoped they would with the core four, it would have been amazing to see how far that group could have gone. It just didn't work out. And kudos to the Grizzlies, you know, franchise at the time recognizing that and moving on. Um, but uh, but it'll be interesting to see. You know, those two guys, kind of like Gasol, are, are polarizing in terms of what fans may think of them. But, you know, I also think that their relevance and, and the fact that, you know, people do remember, especially now with, the, with being able to see highlights, you know, at, at the on the drop of a dime, you know, people do remember just how you know, tantalizing their talents were. And so I really think that they could they could really be um, um, some fun matchups, especially with Warwick and O.J. Mayo. So, Justin, we, we, about, we set the – How about this? How about you're giving Tony Allen uh, another chance to knock out O.J. Mayo again? <laughs> well, this time figuratively. <laughs> so, good good memory there. This time figuratively, <laughs> uh, but which is, which is a lot better. But, hey, O.J. Mayo seems like he's a guy who may need a couple of knockouts. Um, to, 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 to be able to uh, to get right. So um, basically, all in all, um, you know, the thing about it is, is that when it comes to um, this field, when it comes to um, this um, setup, uh, we just have the potential for some fun debates. Like I say, uh, that's the whole idea behind this, is that in a time where y- you need an escape, you, ne- you need what sports provided, this isn't going to fill the void, but you know, it, it's just it's fun to have the conversation. So, really going to be interested to see kind of how this unfolds, Justin. When it comes to these first round matchups, um, you know, w- what stands out to you is the two first round matchups, not necessarily in terms of upsets, but the most interesting. What two first round matchups are you going to most watch? You're going to be most interested in seeing how they uh, develop. Um. I would have to say hmm, probably the John Morant, James Posey, and um, the Stromile Swift, Courtney Lee. And those will be fun to, to see. Um, I, I think that, you know, two for me are in the Conley region. Um, you know, while at the, in the grand scheme of things, they may not make that much of a difference, but um, the Mike Bibby, uh, Bryant Reeves matchup, you know, who was more beloved from the, you know, from the original days of the Grizzlies from their first few seasons. And then obviously the Vince Carter, Lorenzen Wright, um, you know, mat- matchup, uh, the, the player who by far, um, has been the, the greatest all-time NBA player to have played with the Grizzlies for a significant time versus obviously one of the most um, uh, beloved Grizzlies of all time for you know unfortunate reasons. I think that those would be two matchups to really pay attention to and watch um, because, you know, this city loves Lorenzen Wright. So he obviously could make, if he, I could say this, if Lorenzen Wright gets past um, Vince Carter and winds up facing Pau Gasol in the second round, you could see a matchup of Tony Allen and Lorenzen Wright in the Elite Eight. And, you know, we know that Grizzlies fans love both of them. So I think that that matchup is really going to be fun to see. So, like I say, the whole point of this is, you know, this is going to probably turn into a um, 
basically a fan favorite. Who do, who do the fans love more? That's naturally how a lot of these things turn out. But the other request is, is just when you're voting, you know, consider their time with the Grizzlies. That's that's the main thing uh, to, to, to focus on because we, we really want to try to get an idea as to where some of these players stand with, you know, where, you know, this debate will lead. Um, we obviously know what the end result will probably be in terms of the few players who are left, but there, you know, we could see some eye-opening things that will allow for us to truly understand a player or two who fans truly do love more than we thought, while some others fans may hold resentment to. So the the the, the revealing uh, of people's opinions about a lot of these players is something that I'm looking forward to seeing. Any more thoughts on you for this concept, Justin? And anything else you're you're looking forward to seeing? as the voting begins. No, um, you kind of covered it all. It's going to be, be very interesting to see, um, you know, how our, our Twitter um, plays out and, and what kind of audience we have and what, they, what they're looking for, um, you know, whether it's just who they like more or, you know, what they take into consideration in their voting and how much the recency bias is going to come into play. Because, um, like, the Tony Allen-Brandon Clark matchup, like, in reality, Tony Allen should sweep that with no problem, but how much do people, you know, love Bernie Clark and seeing what he's done this year and, you know, how many votes does he get for that? You know, stuff like that will be interesting to see going going through this. And the thing is, we don't want to hear your voice just from uh, the, the voting. You know, please put your comments there. You know, we one thing that me and Justin will be doing each week is that we'll, we'll be going over, we'll be reviewing, you know, how the, uh, the, 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 the tournament is um, – uh, how the tournament is progressing. We also may from time to time highlight some, some Twitter comments as to why someone voted and, you know, the reasons why they, they feel that, um, you know, this matchup is better than others and things such as that. Um, You know, don't, don't, don't be too critical towards us, but you know, the whole idea is, is to just, you know, get discussion going and, and really, you know, again, in a time where, you know, not necessarily distract, but, in a, in a time where, you know, fun is needed, where, you know, stuff, uh, where there's plenty of time for people to be able to discuss and debate and things like that, doing it about something fun is always a nice alternative to other topics that can be discussed. Um, so that's the thing. Uh, we, we, we're, we're rolling this out uh, tomorrow. Um, we, we would really enjoy your feedback, but more importantly, we really want to get your vote, um, you know, to be able to determine the greatest grizzly of all time. Justin, before we head off um, from another edition of the 3 d Podcast, what else you got for us tonight? Anything um, that we can look forward to from you coming up over the next few weeks at Grizzly Bear Blues? Uh, well, I'll be working on a piece about, you know, what we're going to be missing um, with the, the sad news that the season um, is going to be out for eight weeks, which probably means that we will go straight into the playoffs. Um, so that may mean good news for the Grizzlies. Um, they'll they'll make the playoffs, you know, in Jaws' rookie season. Um, but that's that's all I got in the works right now. And that's the one thing that we we definitely look forward to doing. You know, besides the, you know uh, us specifically, and you know this this tournament concept and things like that. I know everybody over at Grizzly Bear Blues, you know, including the guys you know over at Core Four. Um, you know, Joe Mullen- Mullinax, Parker Fleming. Nathan Chester, Brandon Abraham, and others, you know, who who provide uh, the content for the podcast and, you know, the whole Grizzly Bear Blue staff. We're all looking forward to, to really being able to, you know, uh, offer our opinions on things off the court, things on the court, you know, and, and trying our best to create ways to make sure that our content stays, 
you know, as good and true as ever, you know, despite the, 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 what the source that we write about not being there. Um, I, I think that, you know, everybody looks forward to it as a challenge and as fun. So I think that, uh, I think you're going to continue to see great things from Grizzly Bear Blues. I know that me and Justin are going to do all that we can uh, to keep providing good time content via the podcast and through our writings. So, uh, we definitely thank you for, for listening and reading and, you know, please let others know uh, so they can enjoy it as well. Justin, do you have anything else before we wrap up this edition of the three and D podcast? No, sir. All right. Well, for Justin Lewis, my name is Sean Coleman. Can't wait to see how the voting, um, you know, materializes this week. Please vote. Please have fun. Please talk, debate, whatever it may be. Uh, we'd love to see um, this uh, be be a fun exercise and a, a really look forward to seeing who people think is the greatest grizzly of all time. Yeah, it's probably a foregone conclusion, but you never know. It, it, you, you could you could see you know every year. You know, it never works out the way that people intend for it to or thought it would when it comes to the actual March Madness. Perhaps we'll see that same thing in the great, Greatest Grizzly Tournament. For Justin Lewis, my name is Sean Coleman. Thanks so much for joining us again this week on the 3 d Podcast.